to season two, episode 35 of Gabin with the Gala Sisters. You're gonna spend the next few hours with us, so we advise you to get a cup of coffee, tea, juice, water, or your drink of choice, and maybe a snack. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rhea. And we're the Gala Sisters. We're actually Irish twins. Yeah, which means we're 15 months apart or less. So I'm gonna put this regular uh, disclaimer here that there are going to be spoilers about Overjohn at the Memory Bank. Oh, uh, that may not really matter because this is so terrible. But if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Watch the MST3K version. That's what you should go watch. And then come back and listen to this. Or I guess if you don't mind being spoiled, listen and then go watch it later. That's totally fine. Whatever's up to you, we might swear. We will not censor ourselves here because we are going to speak freely. You may know us from YouTube as the Gala Sisters. However, we are going to do things a little more casually around here. And with that, we'll take a look. And overdrawn at the memory bank. Okay, this is an absolute piece of crap. Why Raul Julia from both Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values was in this is a big mystery. It's embarrassing. He did a really good job in Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. But then he was in this in 1984. Like, what? what is this? I mean, Raul Julia can sing he can dance he can act he's well poised mm -hmm. i mean he comes off as a gentleman and he's a respectable actor what the fuck was he doing in here i have literally no flip flopping idea this movie is so bad there's no redeeming qualities in it well i would say that it's a bit better than Santa Claus Conquers the Martians because there are some pretty good chase scenes in it. Mm -hmm. Well, but before we go any further, I think we should talk a little bit about Raul Julia's sad ending to his life. Yeah, we should. Well, the first thing about him is that he actually did not live to be a very old. Mm -mm. I mean, he was a Puerto Rican and he has a degree from Fordham University. Oh, wow. Oh. Fordham comes up. Again, mm. look on our YouTube channel mm -hmm. for Fordham. Um, he was married twice. He has two children. But unfortunately, his ending to his life, was his life was cut very, very, very short. He was 54 years old oh. when he died in Manhasset, uh, New York, um, of, stomach, of complication of stomach cancer. Okay, so here's what happened. He had been battling stomach cancer for three years before the end of his life in 1994. We were very young in these days. So he actually died about four, about 10 years after this movie came out. And he had had stomach cancer and he decided he was going to have some sushi. Well, that's not a very good idea because it made him feel sick. And then he subsequently had a stroke, went to a hospital, and then was pronounced dead. Oh, maybe if you have stomach cancer, I mean, I'm no doctor, but it doesn't seem like a good idea to eat food that's hard on your stomach. Yeah. The other main star, Linda Griffiths, also died of cancer. She died of breast cancer in uh, 2014. And she, it's hard to know if she was born in 1953 or 1954. We don't know. It is unknown. 
it is said that she was born in both years. Mm-hmm. And she was not that old either. I mean, she's younger than her dad. That's not very old at all. No. And Raul Julia is Puerto Rican, obviously. And a fact that they seem to have forgotten in this movie when at one point they show his mother and she's not Puerto Rican. She's just, she's like, just regular white lady. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just really weird. They forgot that aspect and, you know, Raul was on Broadway. He has done so, so much. He was in Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. He obviously, you could tell that he did theater, and we love him for being Gomez. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the best. I think that's really the best thing. But going back to Linda Griffiths, the other star, Mm -hmm. um, she was a Canadian playwright primarily. She didn't do a whole lot. She was more in plays. But in her own right, she was relatively famous as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It, like, like I said before, we don't really know how old she was when she died. It's unknown at this point if she was um, in her, what, if she was 60, 61, 62, it was unknown. Mm-hmm. She didn't live to be very old either. No, neither one of them did. Yeah. Okay, so basically, this he, Raul Julia plays a guy by the name of Aram Fingal. And he's caught scrolling up cinemas, which is, you know, important that this is Casablanca. Now, I have never seen Casablanca. I'm sure that, you know, I love it, but I've never seen it. Have you ever seen it? No, I've actually never seen it. So I think that makes watching this video a little more difficult because it doesn't put it in perspective. No, and basically he's not supposed to be. This is in the future. I don't know exactly what year. It's some sort of dystopian future. I guess. And he's working for some sort of big company called Novacorp. Mm-hmm. And they have a very strict policy against any sort of recreation. I mean, it's serious all the time. You must obey. Mm-hmm. I think he was really bored. And he's really, he's supposed to be, like, smart enough to, I think, join, like, Mensa. Mm-hmm. So I've always understood it. Supposed to be a genius of some sort, a computer whiz who can program anything and even program things with his mind. So he like managed to like hack in and like pull up this movie. And he watched this movie and then they sent him to go see a psychist. Whatever a psychist is. That's For a rehab. For a rehab. Well she sentences to, sentences him. To rehab. To be like a, to be doppled. And he didn't have a lot of money. He was very like a poor guy. I'm thinking he's supposed to be very poor. Mm-hmm. And he like, he gets stuck being doppled into this um, stupid baboon by the name of uh, Daisy. And it, he, you know, tries to figure out how to, you know, be an animal and whatever. And then... There's some children. I don't know why there were children in the medical. Well, you know, first of all, they make this like identicube and they like stick it in your brain and they like make a double of someone. So he gets attacked by this elephant while he's a doppel. And he creates an escape like he um, masterminds it. You know, he programs it so he can get out and he creates this alternate universe where he ends up having to be. But at the same time that this happened, there were children that were let in to this 
like hospital. I think it's supposed to be a hospital. Well, the rehab area, the doppel area, and they have like tags on every single person about where they're supposed to be, which seems very archaic way of sorting things. It's supposed to be the future wow, high tech. Wow, they do that like in like battlefields, like this, like red means this and yellow means this and green means this. That's what that reminded me of. Yes. So they let the children into the room while the top of his brain is exposed. They had taken off part of his skull. And there's people walking around while there's brain matter in the air and these people aren't wearing masks. And, they and they're e- the, one ch- the one girl's eating. And one of the children tries to go poke his brain. and Well, she has a corn dog with mustard mm-hmm. in her hand. Is that, yeah. what she, is that what she has in her hand? And I think it's a corn dog. There's this cube next to them where, you know, he, he's being doppled and another kid tries to mess with the cube and they're trying to drag the children away because it would be very devastating for them to fucking mess with it. And that was just bizarre. Yeah, the kid, like, switches his tag or something? Yeah, they switch his tag. So when Fingal reprograms it with his mind while he's in the program because he got scared, they lose his body. Mm-hmm. So they can't go retrieve him. And he also is running from them in this Casablanca like yeah, um, um, universe that he created and they can't catch him. And Apollo- so Apollonia, played by Linda Griffiths, is trying to talk to him and tell him what's going on. And the creepy chairman, the scary mm-hmm. chairman, he's like this like fat guy who like literally looks like a stereotypical fat man. He's yep. trying to like come in and like come after him and like hurt him. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well he's what like the chairman. The chairman of the company and because it went viral that they had this breach in their company, they started losing stocks and other yeah. competing companies were hounding on them and they needed to fix it and they they needed to get him back into his body but because he was also in this weird environment this weird place that he created they didn't have the ability to keep him alive in there and maintain it for very long which is why they also needed apollonia to keep contact with him so that he could be reunited with his body yeah so there's another woman by the name of jamila and she has, and she's like, she's the the leak. Like, look what happened. I have yeah. to tell you what happened. Oh my God, look what happened. And she's like talking on her like. I assume she's talking to the media. I do too. Because somehow it got out and <laughs> a company like that, they really, really rely on their stocks and their public image. And it was not good for them when he did this and. They wanted to get him back, and they they needed to because if it comes out that when you go and rehab someone and doppel them, that you end up losing them, that's bad. That does not look good. No, I mean it looks like you're incompetent. Yeah. So they had this like big meeting, and then like the fat like, and then it comes out that you know, then then she watches this like movie, like this like little like movie, it's like. Oh my god, we just lost Watson. He was the best detective in the in the department. He was the best, you know, in the department. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to them. Don't risk your life like this. It's not worth it. <laughs> I think that's funny. It is funny. And 
I saw a lot of callbacks to the book 1984. I've never read 1984. Well, the chairman has his face everywhere and is scrolling his very big brother-like, where in 1984, it's a dystopian future where they all have their roles and they can't step out and they monitor your thoughts even, which is seems to be what they're doing here too. They're really concerned about your thoughts being incorrect and they they watch your every single move just like in 1984 there's yeah. somebody watching and clearly fingle 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 wrinkle mingle fingle chris kingle pat Engel. got into the flavor fives and had too many of them and they went through his brain and he had to go and uh rebel and there's always one of them you know the rebel I'm gonna fucking do this. Fuck the fuck the man. I'm gonna do what I want. But then Raul Julia plays a double role in this because he's also like the lead bartender, Rick. Yep. Too. But it's it's a world he created himself. When he wants it to be morning, it's morning. When he wants it to be night, when he wants to set the mood, he can change the mood, and he. He's quite funny, too. At one point, there was this chick in his office, his real-life office, that he wanted to fuck, and he was quite harassive of her. He he was a blatant horn dog. That's another thing, too, that I didn't like about this character. They just made him into a very sexually repressed man who just, I just need to get laid. Oh, my God. And that was kind of weird. But he wanted to sleep with this chick, and she wouldn't do it. So, Alicia, I think her name was. Yeah. So, Played by Wanda Cooper, I think. So he seduces her in his little world, and she finally fucks him. And, of course, Apollonia, who is madly in love with him, is so jealous. And she, she likens it to masturbation. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like, yeah, you just pleasured yourself, fucker. Yep. She ha, starts, ha, ha. So, yeah, she starts falling in love with him, too. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God, he's so awesome. And then she keeps trying to, like, make herself look hot and, like, sexy and trying to make herself look like she's the most important person in the world to him. Well, and he, he did like her. He thought she was beautiful because at first he was just kind of all over the place. But then whenever she spoke to him, it was like a drug. It just called, she was, her voice calmed him down. She tells him what to do and he just follows like, <laughs> you know, like a little dog. Mm-hmm. But the fat man always is there. He like interfaces, like he chases her. Well, and he, he gets in through Apollonia. Yeah. And it takes the brilliant Fingal way too fucking long to figure that out. Yeah. And then he like. He can, like, program the HS... Is it HS-168? Mm-hmm. He can reprogram it from the inside. And the guy has, like, the stupidest passwords. Like, they're not even, like, intelligent passwords. They're just like, here's a bunch of numbers. Here's a bunch of letters. And then later, here's a bunch of numbers, a bunch of letters. I'm like, what the heck? Remember, this came out in 1984, and you were born in 1984. I was born in 85. And for you youngsters listening to this... We didn't really have computers when we were growing up. Not, I mean, we had those Apple whatever. With yeah. The big freaking this. But we disc. didn't have computers, cell phones, where we could use Facebook and Google and had the world on our fingertips. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have iPhones, mm-mm. smartphones. iPods even. Yeah. I mean, 
we were still using CDs and sometimes even tapes and records at that time. They didn't know a lot about the World Wide Web and security and how to type. I mean, even the beginning of it is just like typing and very newsy like music because that's what they associated electronics with where now today electronics and that type of stuff are all flashy and modern and cool and hip and but back then it was well this is new technology and they just assumed it would always be new technology see now this is where they should have gone and watched star trek yeah star trek got a lot of the future right i think that this movie it 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 was just too silly and it couldn't decide whether it was a comedy or whether it was supposed to be taken seriously. And like, you know, when they like try to like kill him and Apollonia, like the, the fat man tries to kill him and Apollonia at one point. And it's yep. like, what? The well, they do numerous times. Yeah. But like when they were throwing stuff, like what, why are you trying to kill him? Like what, 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 what's wrong with you? It was kind of, and then it would like be serious, but then it'd be silly. The next thing would be serious. It was just like, it's too all over the place. Yeah. Now, what's important is that this is from a pledge drive in Canada. Mm -hmm. So the subplot is, at least on the satellite of love, which is where Mystery Science Theater takes place, shit out of luck, satellite of love. Mm -hmm. uh, Pearl, um, who was the old, second bad guy, because the first bad guy was Dr. Forrester, played by Trace Ballou. Pearl is played by Mary Jo Peel. And she's a comedian to this day. Um, she has this like pledge fake pledge dress set to make money, mm -hmm. and for public for public pearl. Mm -hmm. And she keeps showing these like really silly things. And there's a scene where like Bobo's eating um, Taco Bell, like a beef and chunk, like a I don't know. He's eating Taco Bell and he's eating the sauce. Professor Bobo was played by Kevin Murphy, who also. Was the one of the voices of the robot Servo? Okay, I know too much about Mystery Science Theater. I'm sorry. <laughs> so they they do all these like silly sketches, but the best sketch in it, far and away, and I will tell you a story about the sketch in this, is when they have that like silly like song that makes literally that's like beautiful in the beginning, and then they just run out of ideas. The one called "Loving Lovers Love." Yeah, and <laughs> it's like. It's this, like, beautiful song, and then at the end, they're like, um, how do we end it? And, and she, they have no idea how to end it. I love it at the end. And no one else can fly. I really can't say why. I really do like pie. I know a couple of guys. They really do like pie. <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you guys a little story about this. Loving lovers. When I saw uh, Rift Tracks Live, which is a lot of the same people, Bill and Kevin were there along with Michael J. Nelson. Ugh. Don't get me turned to Michael J. Nelson. I don't want to have a... I don't want anybody to get triggered. But anyways, they were here in Minneapolis a couple of years ago and uh, promoting the reboot of Mystery Science Theater. I don't care for the reboot, but that's just me. I'm the old school... Mystery Science Theater Gale, and um, they uh, kept, uh, they, they were uh, showing uh, part of the sketches, and they said, well, what's the most embarrassing thing that you ever had to do? And Bill Corbett, who plays Observer, and is also one of the voices of Crow, which some of the robots, oh my god, I can laugh, I know all this, wow, too much stuff. Okay, so he says, 
Yeah, they played that song at my wedding reception. My like, friends <laughs> embarrassed me. <laughs> I remembered, Bill. That's so fucking funny. Hold on, I got some of my tooth. And <laughs> I put one of Bill Corbett's stories in there. You shouldn't tell me stories if you don't trust me. It's funny, and some of those mystery science theater sketches are really memorable. This one is really funny. I'm yeah, it's up there with um, Turkey Volume Guessing Man, which we'll get to later. I mean, they make this movie tolerable. This movie is so terrible, and it's hard to follow. It's very complicated, and there's a lot of moving parts, and it doesn't really explain itself. You kind of have to read between the lines. I have I seen it about 300 times, and I have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you have to patch it together. And doppel is the German word for double. We're getting they make a double and they fucking make them into animals. And then I love what he does in the end though with the fat man. Well, in the end, of course he wakes up. Barely. Yeah, she he like, almost dies. She almost, he almost dies and she's like, No, don't die. I love you. So he has five hours that they can keep him alive this way. So they started this countdown at five hours. They have five hours left for him to be kept alive in this state. Mm -hmm. And he is escaping them. And they also couldn't find his body. And they couldn't put him back in there. His body ended up being shipped out to be, have a sex change. And they caught him right before that happened. And that shouldn't have happened so easily. But they got him back. And she actually didn't get him back in time. No, but she started the download anyway. Yeah, she went and found him with her mind anyways and chased after him and got him back into his body after the program ended and he was just kind of free-floating in the abyss. Abyss? Yes, I guess. Abyss, yeah. And she says, oh, no, we, we need to be able to dance. We have to be able to dance. We have to be able to dance. So she starts to kind of get it. She starts to the download anyways, even without the identity cube mm -hmm. in the body. So she's in the identity cube and she doesn't know where he is, but she just tries to do it anyways. And then he like, yeah, we went over there. He slow motion wakes up. Yep. Like it's like this, like, and then of course, you know, somebody in Mr. Transfer says this last part of this movie can take two hours. His arm is like going up as slow <laughs> as humanly possible. And he says, nice to meet you, Miss James. And then they share a passionate kiss. Yeah, and then he, like, deletes his identity and her identity. Yeah, so they can escape. So they can escape. Futurama style. Yep, and then he puts the, the chairman of the Identicorp into a anteater. Because in the beginning, the guy was like, you should try an anteater. And then they all go, you would slam out of anteaters out of nowhere. He schedules him for rehab and to be dappled. <laughs> and he's like, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to fight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight this dystopian universe. Okay, you do that. Cool. This movie had a lot of problems. It has. It is. It really does. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. A lot of times when we like do this movie, you guys will watch both the mystery science theater version and the regular version. We couldn't do that with this one. No, it would have been horrible. I probably would have ripped my eyes out. Oh god, we did that with 
the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, and I I think I might have fallen asleep for no, part we of only, it. No, we only wa- we only watched the Mystery Science. Okay, Theater well that was that. terrible too. <laughs> yeah, I still couldn't handle even with Mystery Science. Theater. Yeah, at just... least with this one, it's so confusing and it's kind of a mind fuck, and it uh, and they don't explain absolutely don't explain anything. Yeah, but there's some fun like action scenes, and then watching Apollonia trying to seduce him, it's. It is kind of interesting. It has some interesting thoughts yeah, in it. But what, I, the question I actually do have is, like, what the hell is a Flavor 5? Me too. And it it really leaves you thinking, like, what the fuck just happened? You're just like, I just wasted all this time. And then the scene at the end of the movie where they, like, the end of, like, when they come, when they come back to, like, in the theater and mm. they go, 100 S-U-C-K, and they're like, and then Paul Chaplin comes on and he goes, thank you for calling Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Yeah. And then the person, Bees Geever, um, tells them that, like, oh, well, we the most common problem is that you people playing the wrong movie. Please let me know that you have been playing. Well, yes, the credits are like, well, it's not quite over yet. And they're like, where'd you get this movie? I didn't get it. Click. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny, too. That was hilarious. I like it when he says, am I nuts? And it comes out as, my nuts. My nuts. <laughs> Isn't it? My nuts. My nuts. That was really funny. Probably one of the funnier parts of that. And Mystery Science Theater will always play a scene from the movie at the end, mm-hmm. after the credits, and that's the one that they play. Yeah. It's it's a good one. It's a good movie. It's, it, no, it's I, not. I have watched this without Mystery Science Theater commentary once. I wanted to cry. Oh, God. And he's got the cheesy 80s music. Doesn't have the best backbeat like our podcast does. Ooh. Where did that come from? Let us know. Email us at the Gala family. Let us know. Come on, let us know. I always want to say that. But, you know... Movies like this, again, are futuristic dystopian universes, not unlike The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. which we've also done. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back and listen to it. Or 1984, or Brave New World, or um, V for Vendetta, yeah. or any of those. And you know, the scariest thing is, we're not that far off from this being real. No, we're not. We talked a lot about that in The Handmaid's Tale. But we got to say it again. I know. I mean, while this was made, this is also based on a book, too, mm-hmm. called Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. It's, it is. It I is. know. Um, it's by John Varley. So it's based on a book called Overdrawn at the Memory Bank by John Varley. Corinne Jacker mm-hmm. wrote the screenplay, and it was directed by somebody named Douglas Williams. And... Uh, it stars Raul Julia, Linda Griffiths, Wanda Cannon, Donald C. Moore, Louis Nine, Chappelle Jaffe, Jackie Burroughs, and Mari Chakin or Chalkin. Mm-hmm. You know, it was produced by a guy named Robert Lantos and Stephen J. Roth. I don't think it was produced, though. I argue no, that I don't it think there was produced. a producer. Yeah, they were. Nope. Uh-uh. There was a I cinematography disagree. person, but it was Barry Berg Thorson. No, it, well, there's no cinematography in this. They no. Lied. Nope. Lies. Edited by Rick Wallace. Well, you did a really bad job. Mm. That guy, no. Just no. 
And this also was a shot on video, not unlike uh, Sledgehammer. Because movies in those days, a lot of them are shot on video. Like nowadays, they'll, you know, shoot a movie and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll put it on a computer and then from the computer, they'll edit it in like iMovie or whatever. It's cheaper to shoot videos on video or yeah. shoot films on video. But in the 80s, a lot of videos were actually shot on yeah. video. Not just the yes, aesthetically silly. Like yeah, the, it's, it's cheaper to produce them that way. Yeah. And it, this is just, yes, it, and it premiered in um, the U.S. Uh, in 1985 on something called American Playhouse. And Mystery Science Theater got a hold of it in 1997. Yeah. And, of course, this is a Mike episode. This does not have a cult following. No, I don't think this has a following at all. I think no. this is just one of those movies where it's like, seriously, this exists. I think that people only give it any sort of attention is because it has Raul Julia in it. And because Mystery Science Theater. Yes. And I think that this is one of those ones that is not, it's not so bad it's good. It's so bad it's painful. Like It's, it's like, really painful. Like you like want to like rip your eyes out and you want to like, you know, like rip your hair off because there are times when things are happening that you have no idea what's going on. You have literally no idea. You're like, uh, <laughs> and like the thing I think that's really interesting is that when you're when he's in, it was at work and he's in his bed. He's got the same clothes on. Does that bother anyone else? Some people only wear the same pants or shorts every day. Oh well, yeah, I, mean, I know people who do that, but mm -hmm. still, it's weird. And then they had to give him like a light shower the to cleanse was, him or something. I, I have no idea. That was so like pointless. A lot of the stuff in this movie is kind of pointless. Yeah, it could have been half as long as it was. Eighty-four minutes long. Yeah, it could have been, you know. Barely, not even an hour, and it would have been totally fine. Please remember, Mystery Science Theater does a different cut than the standard company. They have to cut it to fit mm -hmm. their show. Yeah, they do. That's just how it works. I mean, I think they do that for Rift Tracks and Cinematic Titanic, and the Mads are back as well. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's just really, it's just one of those things where you're just like, what, do I, what did I just watch? Like, and, and it leaves you more confused than before you watched it. Mm -hmm. There are some epic jokes in it, though. Like, they keep talking about Flavofives. Mm -hmm. Or a huge slam out of anteaters. And it's just like, it's one of those movies where, like, there's no like There's no acting. There's no acting. Nobody's acting. They're, mm -hmm. like, staring. And, like, half the oh. time, they're, like, that girl's, like, <laughs> half the time when they're acting, they're staring at the floor. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that before? Like, if you look at someone, when you look at how Raul Julia acts in, like, The Addams Family, which is in this one, he's, in Addams Family, he's, like, projecting, and he's, like, got his eyes above, but in this, his eyes are at the floor the whole time. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have noticed that. I mean, it's not very good. I mean, obviously, there was no directing. The director was not... The director must have fallen asleep. The director was not talking to the actors no. at all. Raul Julia does not speak English as a first language, but his accent was so thick sometimes I didn't know I didn't know what he was saying. I had no problem with it. But my nuts, that's a good one. My nuts. Why don't you try to make up your mind? It sounded a little bit like um the guy in the room where he like just left out words. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is this is really advanced movies. Not really. <laughs> 
I would say no. Because it's just one of those like sci-fi things. Like everybody made those in the 80s. Mm -hmm. It's just not having a place in cinematic history. No. I think it's just got a place in the garbage. Yeah, I think that's where we should put it. You really do? Yeah. It's just, it wasn't good. It's not interesting. And it's not unique in any way, shape, or form. I mean, maybe if we read the book, maybe we'd understand. Maybe. I don't want to read the book. No. I noticed that the guy who wrote the book was not a part of the planning. Shocking. You can't tell at all. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. No. And I, it's just one of those, hold on, how do I say this? Back in the early days when public television and public radio were a big thing, pledge drives were a big thing. They're mm -hmm. not so much anymore. And sometimes they would show the gar show garbage, and sometimes they would show gems. Yeah, this was the garbage. This was definitely the garbage. I don't know if they do punch drives anymore. Probably not in the same. Not way. in the same way. I'm sure they still do. I mean, they showed a spoofer one on the Disney Channel. I remember that on Raven's Home. But those pledge drives, you know, you pledge, you know, like and. X amount of money, and then you would get a prize. And they would usually be really stupid. Yeah. Our parents thought that pledge drives were kind of dumb. I thought they were, too. And I wish that there was more to say about this, but I don't think we can No, I don't think there is this. anymore I about it. We're just going to uh, walk away from this and uh, pretend that this movie doesn't exist. And we'll probably watch it again next year. <laughs> oh, probably. We've only seen it twice recently. Yep. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Gavin with the Gala Sisters. Please remember that we usually post podcasts on Tuesdays. You can find these podcasts on most, if not all, podcast platforms. If it is not on a podcast platform, let us know and we will see what we can do. If you like listening to us talk, you might enjoy our YouTube channel called The Gala Sisters. Over there, we post videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Gala Sisters, Instagram at The Gala Fam, and Facebook at The Gala Sisters. You've also got a TikTok or two that you might like. This is uh, updated on our website also, so make sure that you go check that out at www.thegalasisters.com. We've got merch. If you appreciate our content, please buy us a coffee because that's how we're doing this. We are, we are funded by donations at the moment. So please help us out if you like this. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye. bye.